Will my child be adequately socialized? It's a question that resonates in the minds of many parents venturing into the realm of homeschooling. This lingering doubt often stems from deeply rooted societal beliefs about education and development. But what does socialization truly mean in the context of a child's growth and learning? What precisely are we alluding to? Deciphering the complexities of socialization. One, what exactly is socializing? At its most fundamental level, the term socializing is derived from the Latin word socius, which means companion or ally. This etymology itself provides an initial hint to the concept. It revolves around the act of establishing or reinforcing connections with others. In modern parlance, socializing embodies the multifaceted process through which individuals, be they children or adults, assimilate societal norms, values, behaviors, and roles. This is accomplished predominantly through interaction with peers, elders, institutions, and societal systems at large. For instance, consider a young girl named Maya. While playing with her peers, she tries to dominate the game, leading to arguments and tears. Over time, through multiple such playtimes, Maya learns the importance of listening to others and the value of compromise. It's not just a game, it's a lesson in societal norms and roles. At its most fundamental level, socializing refers to the process by which individuals acquire the skills, behaviors, and norms necessary to participate effectively in their societal context. It's the process of internalizing the constructs of culture and society. On a surface level, it often simply implies the act of interacting with others. 2. What specific skills does socializing include? However, to truly understand the weight of the term when employed in the context of education and child-rearing, we need to delve deeper. Learning norms and values. More than mere interaction, socializing involves imbibing the unspoken rules and values of a society. This isn't just about talking or playing, it's about understanding group dynamics, hierarchies, and social cues. Emotional growth. Through social interactions, children experience a plethora of emotions. Joy, jealousy, empathy, anger, and more. These experiences are integral to their emotional development, enabling them to handle complex situations and relationships in adulthood. Conflict resolution. Engaging with peers often leads to disagreements. Through such interactions, children learn negotiation, compromise, and conflict resolution. Think back to any group project you might have been part of. Differences of opinion were inevitable. It's here, in the crucible of disagreement, that the art of negotiation is learned. Imagine two children building a sandcastle. One might want a moat, while the other desires a tower. Their collaboration isn't just about creating the perfect castle, but understanding the give and take, the nuances of cooperation and mutual respect. Establishing Identity in the crucible of social interactions, children carve out their identities. They figure out where they fit, the roles they adopt, and how they are perceived by others. 5. Social cues, reading body leg or tonal variations. Much of our communication is nonverbal. From facial expressions to posture, children need to decode the silent messages people convey. Like when grandpa's eyes crinkle in a specific way, you know he's about to tell a thrilling story from his past. 
Those non-verbal cues are crucial in understanding and connecting on a deeper level. Note, social cues can vary dramatically across cultures. Children should be made aware of these variations, fostering cross-cultural respect and understanding. It's not enough to merely perceive social cues. Children must also learn to adapt their behavior in response, whether it's offering comfort, keeping distance, or changing their approach. These elements intertwine and complement each other. For instance, understanding social cues aids in conflict resolution. Similarly, as one establishes their identity, their emotional growth is furthered. In fostering these components, parents and caregivers can engage children in various activities and environments. This could range from group activities, cultural events, travel, reading, and participating in community service. Through diverse experiences, children can gain a more holistic understanding of the world and their place in it. In upcoming posts, we'll delve into each of these skills in detail. But for the moment, it's essential to pinpoint exactly what socializing encompasses. By breaking it down, we can transform socializing from a vague term into a tangible set of actionable skills. In short, how do children learn norms, values, conflict resolution, and social cues? How do they receive feedback from others to shape their identity? How do they learn to manage their emotions? 3. How does homeschooling align with socialization? Now, pivoting our lens towards homeschooling, the concern for many is this. If children are primarily educated at home, away from the traditional classroom setting filled with peers, will they miss out on these valuable facets of socialization? The underlying assumption here is that formal school settings are the primary, if not sole, avenues for social interaction and integration. This is a somewhat reductionist view. While schools undoubtedly play a significant role in socialization, they are not the only milieu in which it occurs. Part A. How did humanity socialize before the advent of mass schooling? It's worth considering that throughout human history, the concept of mass schooling is relatively new. For millennia, children were primarily socialized within their families, tribes, or small community groups. The skills and norms they learned were tailored to their specific cultural and environmental contexts. Whether homeschooled or traditionally schooled, the essence lies in providing children with diverse opportunities to engage, interact, and integrate. Before the advent of formal schooling systems, the socialization of children took place within various settings and contexts, each shaped by the socio-cultural, economic, and environmental factors of the time. Here's a closer look at how children were socialized prior to formal schooling. Family unit. The family was, and remains, the primary agent of socialization. Children learned their basic values, norms, and cultural practices from their parents and elders. They observed the roles and responsibilities of family members and emulated them. Life lessons, morality tales, and familial traditions were passed down orally from one generation to the next. Apprenticeships. For many societies, especially during the medieval period, apprenticeships were a standard method of education. Young children were often sent to craftsmen, artisans, or professionals to learn a trade or skill. This hands-on experience not only provided them with vocational training, but also exposed them to societal norms and adult responsibilities. Community and tribe. 
In many indigenous and tribal societies, the entire community played a role in raising a child. Elders imparted wisdom, legends, and customs, ensuring cultural continuity. Ceremonies, rituals, and rites of passage were integral to a child's growth and understanding of their place in the community. Religious institutions, churches, temples, and other religious institutions played a significant role in socializing children. They instilled moral values, ethical beliefs, and religious practices. In many cultures, religious texts and oral traditions were a primary source of knowledge, history, and morality. Work and Chores In agrarian societies, children started helping with farm work or household chores at a young age. These tasks not only taught them practical skills, but also ingrained in them values like hard work, responsibility, and cooperation. Play and peer interaction. Play has always been a vital part of childhood. Through play, children interacted with their peers, learning the basics of conflict resolution, teamwork, and interpersonal relationships. Traditional games, stories, and group activities were mediums through which social norms and cultural values were reinforced. Oral traditions, storytelling, folktales, and songs were powerful tools for socialization. They conveyed moral lessons, historical events, and cultural beliefs, fostering a sense of identity and continuity among community members. Travel and trade. In some cultures, travel and trade exposed children to diverse ways of life, broadening their horizons and understanding of the world. Interactions with different cultures and communities enriched their knowledge and adaptability. It's essential to recognize that formal schooling, as we understand it today, is a relatively modern concept, especially on a global scale. Historically, education and socialization were deeply intertwined, with the primary goal being to prepare children for adult roles and responsibilities within their specific cultural and societal context. Part B. Thinking critically, do traditional schools teach all those socialization skills? Traditional schooling doesn't necessarily focus explicitly on teaching these essential life skills, even though they're crucial for a well-functioning adult life. Many adults find themselves having to learn or refine these skills later in life, often through personal experiences, self-help books, therapy, workshops, or courses. Communication skills. Many school activities require communication, such as group projects or class discussions. However, the nuanced aspects of communication, like active listening or conveying feelings without aggression, often aren't covered. Empathy. While literature classes can foster empathy by allowing students to step into the shoes of characters, direct teaching of empathetic responses isn't a standard curriculum component. Conflict resolution. As you pointed out, many adults still struggle with this. While schools might intervene in significant conflicts, the day-to-day -day disagreements are often left for students to navigate on their own. Self-regulation. Disciplinary actions in schools might address misbehavior, but they don't always teach students how to manage their emotions healthily. Cooperation. Group projects are common, but they often result in one or two students doing the bulk of the work, rather than teaching true collaboration. Critical thinking. While this is touted as a primary education goal, Standardized tests often emphasize memorization over genuine critical thinking. Cultural awareness. Depending on the school's location and diversity, this can be a missed opportunity. Some schools offer a rich cultural education, while others may stick to a more limited curriculum. Conclusion. 
So, when the question arises, will my child receive adequate socialization? It's crucial to dissect what socialization actually entails. Is it merely the act of a child playing with a friend, or does it encompass a broader set of skills and experiences that contribute to their development as a well-rounded individual? To answer this, we must break down the components of socialization. It's not just about who your child interacts with, but what they learn from these interactions. Are they understanding societal norms and values? Are they developing emotional resilience? Do they know how to resolve conflicts, read social cues, and establish their own identities? Each of these aspects is nurtured not only through direct interaction with peers, but also through a myriad of other experiences and contexts. Now, for those skeptical about homeschooling or alternative education models, claiming that traditional schools are the only environments where socialization occurs, consider this. How many adults, including those who attended traditional schools, truly possess all the social skills we've outlined? Traditional school settings might provide certain social interactions, but they don't always guarantee the learning or mastering of these essential life skills. There is no one-size-fits-all solution. Every child is unique, and their educational journey should reflect that. Whether it's through homeschooling, alternative schooling, or traditional methods, what matters most is that children are given ample opportunities to develop these social skills. With homeschooling, parents have the remarkable opportunity to tailor their children's educational experiences, ensuring that they're not just learning academic content, but also getting deeply involved in various social contexts. This could be through community projects, extracurricular activities, travel experiences, or study groups that align more closely with the real world's social dynamics. After all, with homeschooling, you have the freedom to design the very contexts in which your children learn, ensuring they absorb what's truly meaningful and necessary for their personal growth and societal integration.